Well, it's going to be a simple show. I just want John to tell me everything he knows about Shake Milton. We will get to Shake and everything else is going on with this team right now. This is the John Krasinski Show. This is our Timberwolves show at TalkNorth.com. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. And you can always find our archives and all of our other shows at TalkNorth.com, including the, the Viking Update show, which John also contributes to. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. And thanks to our, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Thanks to our sponsors, TSR Injury Law, AllEnergySolar.com, my State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland, Manscaped. And we want to let you know, our kickoff show this year, 7 p.m. Friday, Head Flyer Brewing uh, over on Hennepin. It's a, a great place to hang out. We got a big crowd in there last year. It was a blast. Uh, this year's team is every bit as promising as last year's, especially after what we've seen in the preseason. Come out and join us. Ask live questions. We'll have some uh, some giveaways and specials and everything else. So, John, let's start here. Shake Milton, how big a deal is this guy? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of a a, a big deal. I wrote about, a lot about it at The Athletic uh, Monday morning. Um, and you look at sort of what – is different about this team and you know we've talked so much about how the the theme of this season for the Timberwolves is run it back like so much familiar you're bringing back Towns Gobert Edwards McDaniels Conley is back like everything is so similar to last year and they're building so much of their hopes on the continuity and the familiarity breeding more success than what we saw last season but one area that is markedly different and has the potential to be significant in the fortunes of what this team can do is the bench. It has a couple of different faces, but most importantly, number one, Shake Milton is here from Philadelphia. And the essentially what is happening is the Timberwolves have swapped out Jalen Noel for Shake Milton. And at the beginning of last season, there was real high hopes that Jalen Noel would be a player who could be a combo guard, could run a little bit of point, could score off the ball, could get people involved, make plays, do a lot of things to keep the offense moving. When Ant went sit, sat down for a break, when Towns was out, things of that nature, uh, you know, just a nice, like kind of quintessential scoring guard off the bench that could do multiple things for you. Um, and for many reasons that did not materialize last year. Jalen Noel had a terrible year was in and out of the rotation, but even when he was in, he wasn't bringing a whole lot to the table, really struggled defensively, didn't really make plays for others, shot it really poorly, and it just was a it was a lost season for him. Now you bring in Shake Milton, who has played in big games, played in playoff games for the Philadelphia 76ers, is a big dude. Like he's a all of 6'5, maybe even close to 6'6. Six, six. Um, can play both guard positions, um, can initiate some offense, passes it better than maybe people think. It certainly has surprised even uh the coaching staff of the Wolves. Chris Finch said to us. Uh, after the first preseason game, like, you know, he's even better than we expected him to be in a, in the playmaking area. So they see him as a guy who can, uh, play with Rudy Gobert on the pick and roll. They see him as a guy who can catch and shoot open threes, can get his own shot, can get his own bucket. 
and um, and is big enough to help a little bit more on the defensive end. I don't think he's Gary Payton, but I think he can kind of he he can kind of really get into guys with his size a little bit more than Noel was. So that looks like a major major upgrade for the Timberwolves, and it could be a very important one, just in terms of giving them another option to keep the offense moving on uh during those times when their starters are sitting and it's funny jim i put this story out this morning about the the great first impression that he's had and i've got a ton of sixers fans in my mentions just happy for shake milton like that they felt that he didn't get a good enough opportunity or consistent enough burn under doc rivers in philadelphia and they think he's you know he's going to be great here and as you know philadelphia fans hate everything so yes for them to to really respond like that i think that's a good a good sign for the timberwolves it absolutely is and so what are we looking at in terms of point guard minutes we're looking at conley playing veteran minutes milton playing a lot of minutes and mclaughlin being just a, a an extra off the bench yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that has really quickly materialized here uh, is you, as the roster was put together over the summer and you're trying to look at strengths and weaknesses, you say, well, definitely point guard is the thinnest position on their roster because you have Mike Conley at the as a starter. Great. That's that you can win a lot of games with Mike Conley. He played really well, fit well in this system last season and seemed to just be a seamless fit with everything that they needed from him and played really, really well. Um, that's awesome. But behind him, there was not a real true backup point guard because McLaughlin struggled last year with injuries and has some limitations just in terms of his size and and what he can do out there. And there's no other real classic point guard. And you're saying, okay, who who can take over running the show when Conley sits down? But clearly the plan for the Timberwolves is to have sort of a multifaceted approach there, but certainly having Milton, I think he's going to be the first. He and Nikhil Alexander-Walker are going to be off the bench as the guards uh, to start in this rotation. And both of them can handle the ball, can initiate some offense, get things going that way. You also can initiate through Anthony Edwards. Uh, Kyle Anderson can run point. You have multitude of options for that spot uh, that are not exactly conventional, classic point guards, but certainly in the modern era with the way things go, Chris Finch is going to have many options to run through um, at that spot. And so I don't think it's as big of a concern right now just looking at the versatility of some of their players offensively as maybe initially it may have appeared to be now if you want to talk about long term who's the point guard of the uh, of this team the starting point guard two three four years from now yeah that's an issue they don't have that on their roster right now but um but in terms of just this season i think that there are plenty of options that chris chris finch has to go with that spot when Conley needs a needs a breather. How often do you think they want Anthony Edwards basically playing point guard initiating or is this or does the fact that Milton's here now allow him to play a little more off ball? Yeah, I th- I think that um my 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 read on it is is that 
they want they will give Anthony Edwards that responsibility plenty of times. Um, they're certainly not afraid of it or anything like that. But um, I do think they want him off the ball uh, at, at, at times. And I also do think that the more that you need Edwards to r- kind of initiate and 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 run the offense. Uh, the more it ca- that can kind of take away a little bit from his defense. They want him to be a two-way player and have the energy to do both things uh, throughout a game. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so um, I, I do think that there will be spots, and certainly late in games, you could see the ball in his hands a lot to start possessions, but there's going to be looking for other ways to give him opportunities to not rest, but at least that he doesn't have all of the responsibility on his shoulders. So he has enough energy to play defense, guard on the perimeter, and then get buckets, make plays uh, on the offensive end. So they will not hesitate to put the ball in his hands. And I think just given his overall skill set, he needs the ball in his hands. But I do think that they're going to be judicious in how they deploy that and when they use that, just so that he has and a focus and energy to do all of the other things that they need him to do uh, in these games. I thought Cat looked great. And and not only just in terms of basketball, but he looks like he's big and strong and healthy. And it just reminds me how weak he looked last year after he got sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point, Jim. He, um, he, he came into training camp when he was sick and lost a ton of weight. And I, I think that he was always trying to catch back up from a physical standpoint and never really did. And then he got injured. And so then when he came back, he was just really out of shape because he'd been out for so long. And so you never really got to see Carl Anthony Towns in his prime basketball shape. This has been a perfect offseason for him in terms of got some rest early on um, in the summer, then played with the Dominican Republic and had a, just a high volume, ultra featured approach with his game. And so that got him in tremendous shape. He looks great. He looks strong. He looks, uh, you know, like his body is, is toned and, and, and ready to go. He's in, in great basketball shape. And what you saw in that Dallas, in the Dallas games in Abu Dhabi was a player who was really locked in. Um, I thought in general, the Timberwolves just played a lot harder and were more ready to play than Dallas and were taking these games seriously. And I think Carl Anthony Towns was really determined to put all of the struggle and all of the BS and everything behind him from last season and really kind of start to show that, you know what, um, I can still do this at a very high level. And um, and so if you get an engaged and locked in towns that it, who is in great shape, I think he's going to remind people pretty quickly just how special of a player that he is, especially on the offensive end. And that's what we did see in Abu Dhabi. He was aggressive offensively. He was both going to the basket. He was, he was shooting threes, uh, getting rebounds, making good passes, uh, getting Rudy Gobert involved and, um, just all in all just looks like the closest we've seen to the all NBA version of Carl Anthony towns. That certainly was just never really there all of last year. 
Yes. Let's get into more about the Abu Dhabi games. Uh, let's talk about Troy Brown Jr. and the rotation and everything else. Reminder, 7 p.m. Friday, October 13th, Head Flyer Brewing. John, The John Krasinski Show will have our live kickoff show. It was a big hit last year. Uh, people, just great indoor, outdoor seating, speakers everywhere, live questions, great relaxed atmosphere, great beer, great non-alcoholic beverages, uh, just a great place to hang out. You can bring your dogs. Uh, just come out and have a good time. Um, we do appreciate it. I also want to let you know we're coming from the Aquarius Home Service Studio. I want to thank our longtime sponsors, TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME. If you're ever injured and you need an injury or lawyer, you need the best, you need ethical representation. The great thing about TSR Injury Law, you'll deal with a lawyer immediately, and they will only charge you if they win your case, and they win Lots of cases. That's why there's such a great success story. It's why you see their billboards and advertisements everywhere. 612 TSR Times, 612 TSR Times, all you need to know. Also, let you know that all energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All energy solar is ready to take any solar project, home or business, from design to installation and everything in between. Find out more about going solar at allenergysolar.com slash coach, or just go to allenergysolar.com. Uh, thanks also to longtime sponsor and friend, Tony Hoagland. He's my state farm agent. He should be your state farm agent. This is your state farm agent, Tony Hoagland. Here's the deal. When you combine state farm home and auto insurance, you save an average of $889 a year. My agency is ready to help you combine home and auto and start saving today. Call 763-421-4900 to start saving. Like a good neighbor, state farm is there. And now, of course, uh, saving the best for last, John Krasinski's infamous and famous Manscaped commercial. Fellas, can you smell the pumpkin spice in the air? If you haven't, it's fresh face fall. And nobody else can give your face the love it needs other than our friends at Manscaped. That's right, the folks who changed below your belt are here to help with the brand new Handyman Electric Face Shaver. Designed to give your face that smooth finish without the mess of a wet shave, it's the perfect tool for men with all beard lengths. Whether you're lining up your neckline or taking it all off to feel that autumn breeze, make sure you join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Head over to manscaped.com and use the code ATHLETIC for 20% off and free shipping. Don't be a bad apple this year. Choose Manscaped. Your face is the first thing people see when you walk through the door. Give them something to look at with Manscaped's Handyman. For me, being able to shave up to three days growth without the mess of a wet shave is priceless. With the Handyman Skin Safe technology to help reduce nicks and cuts, you can finally feel confident when going for that close shave. And for my fellows with a little more scruff, Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit has everything you need to tame your mane. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-sized package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. Trust me, gents, you can't go wrong with any of these options. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code ATHLETIC. So tell me about Troy Brown Jr. now. What's his role going to be? Yeah, it's, good. it's interesting because I do think that going into this season, the Wolves are as deep as they've been in a long time, and they have as much talent at the top end of their rotation as they've had in a really long time. And so that's going to make things complicated for Chris Finch as he tries to put together a rotation. And he spoke to us about this on 
Thursday after the first win of the season uh, of the preseason against Dallas. And, you know, he said, you know, he kind of joked about it, but he was right. And he said he always starts a season hoping to get 10 or 11 guys in the rotation. And certainly Troy Brown would be in that group if he was able to lengthen the uh, the rotation to that many guys. But generally speaking, it's hard to do. Usually you're nine men um, in a regular season. And especially with all of the bigs uh, that they have with, with Rudy and Cat and Nas Reed, who also looks really, really good in this preseason. Um, there's not the same sort of versatility to get more guys uh, into the rotation. And so it's, so Finch said it's probably going to be a nine-man rotation to start the year. And right now, th- those nine seem like the starters, Conley, Edwards, McDaniels, Cad, and Gobert. And then off the bench, Alexander Walker, Shake Milton, Kyle Anderson, and Nas Reed. And those are the nine that are going to be there. So Troy Brown is just outside of that. But I do think whether it's with injuries, possibly, you know, if Jade McDaniels gets in foul trouble, which happens a lot. You, you might see Finch go to Troy Brown Jr. Um, also, just if they need a little bit more size, they're long everywhere. But but Brown is really intriguing because he's a he's a he's got a long wingspan. He shoots it well from three. He can defend. And so just another option and weapon for Finch just to use if something isn't going the right way. And so I don't necessarily think that Brown is going to be involved in the game to game rotation early on. Um, But I think that's more of a testament to the talent on the Timberwolves than it is to any deficiencies in Brown's game. I mean, he just like he, he, checks a lot of boxes and he's going to be a great option if somebody does get hurt or if there is foul trouble um, and and to deploy here. And so his presence as sort of the 10th, 11th guy, man, it's um, when you're talking about that, like that's, that's really intriguing. What did you think of the whole Abu Dhabi experience? Um, You know, I don't want to get too deep into, to all the, ethical things, but I just thought I'd give you an opening here to talk about whatever you think about them playing games over there. Yeah. I mean, they, they are, uh, they have been, and the NBA has made its sort of mark as a global league. And so, you know, it, it makes all the sense in the world that they are trying to expand into that region. Now it would be absolutely naive of us to, not um, say that you know there is fi- our financial motivations for it. We are starting to see uh, regimes in that area start to get involved in sports, sports ownership, things of that nature. There are all sorts of discussions I think worthwhile on sports washing and whether you know some of the uh, cultural or ethical or uh, you know uh, kind of quandaries in 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 some of those countries should be endorsed by the league by by going over there to to these areas but um this is the way that the league is gone and they believe that being over there 
can set some sort of examples for the cultures there and including one where they had a female referee refereeing these games. And we know that there are in general in that region, uh, women are treated very, very poorly and as second class citizens, but to put um, a female referee in those games was a little bit of a statement on the NBA's part. So I I think this is just like what the business of leagues are nowadays. So um, I don't know like how much I can sort of lament you know, this practice, but I think from a, you know, from putting players over there, it was very clear watching the social media hits and things that the players very much enjoyed seeing a part of the world that many of them have not been to being exposed to that culture, you know, meeting people and, 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 and doing activities over there that are completely different from what they would do at home. So I think from that aspect, it was probably a really great experience for, for those guys. Um, and you know, it would probably take a, a lot longer podcast to get into all of the complicated, uh, political sure. ramifications yeah. of, of that. And I don't, I don't want to do that. Uh, let's just spin it this way. H- how global can, can the NBA become? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I, I do think that outside of soccer, it's, it's certainly got the, the, the product itself, the game itself, and the way that the league has marketed its stars it has the the furthest reach of of any other um any other sport outside of soccer and so you know there are big fans huge huge basketball fans in dubai in abu dhabi in india in russia in china in you know south america like all over the world because the game itself is is very easy for anyone to play you don't need a lot of money you just need a goal and a ball to shoot on and it's so similar to soccer you you know yes obviously you need all sorts of money and training to become great at it but just to to get a bunch of group together and play in your neighborhood you need some sort of net and a ball to kick around and you can play on a dirt field you can play on a turf field you can play on grass you can play on a blacktop. You can play wherever for 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 basketball, and so I just think like the simplicity of the game uh, is easy for anybody in any culture to look at and watch. And you say, okay, the object of this game is to shoot the ball into that basket, and so it's just it's so much easier of a concept for any culture to grasp than say football, where there are so many you know, so many things that you have to really be kind of paying very close attention to and know the ins and outs of. And so uh, the league has really grown in an enormous way across the world. And I think it is, I mean, it is the second most popular sport. I don't think it ever can overtake soccer, but certainly um, it, 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 the strength of the NBA is how wide spread the reach is for the league. It's not anywhere close to the NFL in the United States. But where they make up some of the difference is how popular both the stars are and just the game is in general in all corners of the world. So we'll see you Friday night, seven o'clock at Headflyer Brewing in Minneapolis. It'll be a blast. Thanks to John, thanks to Brandon, thanks to everyone who listens. We'll see you there.